Well, good morning to you all. If you don't know me, I'm Allison Potratz, one of the pastors here at Emmanuel, and um, my husband is Pastor Andrew, and it's so good to be able to share this message with you all today. Um, in my everyday life, there are things that if you ask me to do, I could totally do them. But then there are a lot of things that I would probably prefer to just sit in the background and let other people do. And maybe you feel that way too. Maybe there are times when you're like, I'll just leave it to the professionals to do. Like if you ask me to sit down at a computer and work with Google Docs and write a huge long seminary paper with Chicago, um, you know, footnotes and, and bibliographies, like, yeah, I could totally do that. But if you ask me to sit back there in the sound booth and run the sound or any of the pro presenter technology, like, no, um, I'm going to let somebody else do that instead. Um, or if you ask me to wash and fold six loads of laundry, I, I could totally do that. I am a professional at that. I just did that this weekend. Um, but if you have a hole in your shirt or need a button sewed on, like, no, I don't know how to do that. And Andrew's actually the one we go to to do that in our household. Um, or if you ask me to plan a children's message or write a Bible study every day, you know, I could totally sit back and do that. But if you give me some money to count, like, no, I'm not good at that. And my board of ed knows not to give me money to count anymore um, because you might get the wrong number. Well, it may seem to you... Um, that there are things that you're good at in your daily life that you could live up to and do really well, and then there's things you'd rather step back and let others do instead. But in the kingdom of God, I have some news for you, is that we are all invited to step up and do as Jesus calls us to do, which is to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it can sometimes seem easier to sit back and think, oh, well, that person is better at that, or they're the professional, or they're the pastor, um, or maybe they're called to do that more every single day than I am. But the news is that we are all called to join Jesus on his mission of bringing others to know God, to experience his love every single day, every single day, and every single moment of every day. So today... You may be feeling unqualified to help others come to know the Lord, but my hope and prayer is that you leave today, first of all, knowing that you are a true child of God, and he also, second, has a purpose for you that you can live into every single day. Nobody's perfect at it. I know I'm not. There are times when the Holy Spirit gives me a little nudge to, to share uh, a word of encouragement or a prayer with someone, and I'm like, oh, that's too uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to do that, but the Lord's working on me, and I'm trying to do better at that. Over the past several weeks, we've been looking at the book Joining Jesus on His Mission by Greg Finke, and we've been talking about how we are supposed to do exactly what we've been talking about, which is join Jesus on His mission every single day, not just at church on Sunday mornings, but at work at home, in our neighborhoods. And so last week, Pastor Andrew talked about seeking the kingdom, about how we're, we're going about our day and we look for where God is at work around us and in the people around us. We're, we seek how, where Jesus is, ask him to show us what to do, and then um, we see how we can do it with Jesus and join him in that. And in order to do this, we need to first remember that 
okay, I'm a child of God. Jesus has died for me. He has saved me. And he has a place for me in this kingdom that is around me. And he wants to, me to help lead others to understand this abundant life that Jesus offers. And then today we're going to talk about um, hearing from Jesus and then putting it into practice. And when I say hearing from Jesus, I mean taking what we know to be true in the Gospels, what we hear, what we read, what we learn in the truth of God's Word, and then putting that into practice today. And so I want to point out um, a reading to you from Matthew 7, 24 through 27, and it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, okay, doing what we hear, is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against this house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and, with, and it fell with a great crash. And so when we read the Gospels, when we read the good news of Jesus, this is our foundation of what drives us every single day. We're going to be diving into um, our Luke text today to drive home some main points about what God is calling us to do, to put into practice every single day. And hopefully today you'll walk away feeling a little better about how to do this every day. So, if you have a Bible, you're welcome to pull it out. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 10. And then we're going to stop at various points, and I'm going to point out um, what Jesus is saying to us and helping us learn practically to do in these moments. So beginning, Luke chapter 10, verse 1 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, which means that Jesus has done this before. If you read ahead, Jesus has done this before with his 12 disciples, and now he's doing it with more. He's trying to teach more to do this practice. Continuing, it says, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Okay, we'll pause there. So first off, Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, which means people at that time needed to hear about Jesus. And the truth is that today, people still need to hear about Jesus. They need to know who Jesus is. They need to know their identity in Jesus Christ. There are around 2.2 million Christians in the world Yet Christian numbers are shrinking, and in just a couple of decades, Christianity could become a minority. The church isn't shrinking because people are leaving to go to other religions. They are leaving and choosing to become completely non-affiliated with God in general. And specifically when it comes to raising children to know Jesus, which if you know me, you know that's something that I'm passionate about, somehow we have been falling short for many years now, 
um, for many decades um, because currently 65 to 70 percent of teenagers leave the church and walk away from faith by their freshman year of college. So Jesus is saying, still today, the world needs to know me. They, these people need to know that I have created them and that I love them and care about them and have a purpose on this world for them. And so the harvest is plentiful all around us, even in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods. Okay, we're going to keep reading. It says, When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. And we will pause there again. So the practice of sharing Christ with others is a practice of peace-giving. This means we do so in a way that is out of care and love for the person next to us and with us, not out of anger towards somebody or because we are deeply offended by the way they choose to live their life, but instead to say, God loves you right now where you are at, and I love you too. The plan of joining Jesus on his mission isn't to go out and tell people to stop doing bad things and start doing good things because that's what Jesus would do. Unfortunately, that's not going to help people know that they were deeply loved by God or created for something bigger than this world. What they need is good news, and that emphasis is good. They need to know how they are rooted in God and that God loves them right where they are at. <clears throat> All right, continuing, it says, Stay in, hold on, I've got to turn the page here. Stay in that house, eating and drinking. Whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. We'll pause there again. Jesus desires that we would build deep friendships with other peoples. It's through sharing a meal. It's through spending time with others and truly getting to know them and having them get to know us as Christians and as followers of Jesus. This means that we have to be willing to spend time with other people. And let me tell you, in my life, that is very difficult at times because I am a mom of three kids. And Almost every evening last week, we had something going on. We are busy with activities. We are busy running from thing to thing, rushing through dinner, getting to bed on time, sometimes getting to bed late because we just can't fit enough time in the day between everything. Yet somehow, in the midst of our busyness, God is inviting us to pause and build friendships with people, even if they are people who don't know him. And I want to emphasize this for you because we talked about this in our small group a couple weeks ago, is that people around us are not projects. We are not doing this series of joining Jesus on his mission so you can go find your ne next person or project, but what we are doing is reaching people in the middle of an identity crisis in this world where people so deeply need to know how much the Lord cares for them. And the best way for them to hear that is through a trusted relationship and friendship that you may have with them. And we have to remember that the Holy Spirit goes before us and begins doing his work in people around us. He has probably already planted seeds of faith in people, and we may be that next plant that is watered in them, or that next seed that is rooted in them, 
or it may be an opportunity where a conversation for more information and knowledge about Jesus would come up. Let's continue reading. It says, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town, okay, no, we're going to pause. We're going to pause there right now. The kingdom of God has come near you. So from this, I see that in the midst of building a deep relationship or friendship with somebody, an opportunity may come up for you to say, the kingdom of God is here right now. The Holy Spirit is present with you right now in this moment. Maybe it's in a time of sitting with someone who is grieving. Maybe it's in a time when somebody is having surgery or going through painful um, illness. Maybe it's just in the joy of welcoming a child into a family. It's in those moments when you have an opportunity to say, the Lord has come near to you. Do you see it? Do you see how the Lord loves you? And so in the midst of building these friendships, there may be a time when you feel that spiritual nudge to extend an invitation to them and pray for them. And now we will continue. It says, But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its street and say, Even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell, we'll pause there. So with this, I think it's a word for us that says not everyone is going to accept that we are Christian. Not everyone is going to welcome the, the word of God in those moments. There may be times when they reject God, but maybe not reject your friendship. And all you have to do is brush the dust off your feet, brush the dust off your shoulders, and not lose hope. And begin saying, well, maybe the Lord has something more that will come in the future. But there may be times when somebody does completely reject you for your faith in God. And God says, in those moments when those happen, brush the dust off your seat, off your feet. Do not lose hope because the kingdom of God did come near to them. Remember, it says, be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God was doing something in that moment, whether we know it or not. And it's not easy when a friendship is lost over faith. But who knows what the Lord can do? The Lord can do all things. All right. That's our text for today. Very simple, very practical, I hope, for each of you in seeing that the kingdom of God has come near and will continue to come near in every part of your life. I think what what Jesus is saying here is that um, he's training his disciples to live a daily life of love as they join him on his mission. Because he knows that there is so much more for us here on earth than what we have around us. It was earlier this year at about January, that I decided that I wanted to get more involved in the community. And one thing that I loved to do growing up was being involved in music. In high school, I was very involved in choir. All the way through middle school and high school, I was in show choir, I was in jazz choir, I was in chamber choir. And every year we would put on a musical or like a magical dinner. Um, It was really fun singing in all of those productions. And so, This year I decided that I wanted to um, go and join the local theater group, which is Judge Story. 
and I heard that there were auditions coming up for The Sound of Music, and I decided to audition, got in, and um, was able to be in The Sound of Music with some lovely people that I know who are even part of our church, and then I also got to meet lots of people that I didn't know and who had different stories than me, different backgrounds than me. Some were believers and some were not. But throughout my whole time there, people knew that I was a Christian. They knew that I was going to seminary to be a pastor. They knew my husband was a pastor. Um, when I auditioned, I sang a Christian song. Um, they knew my connections with Riverside, and I got to talk with other people who had had connections there as well, and some people who didn't even know it existed down the road from us. And I just got to hear their stories and love them right where they were at. I never shoved Jesus down their throat or made them feel bad for living a different life than me, but there were times that came up when God showed up. The kingdom of God came near in that group of people. One tradition they have before every single performance is to circle up as a group and hold hands and sing Amazing Grace. And there were people who I knew didn't believe in the Lord, who didn't have a faith, and yet somehow in that circle, we sang a worship song and praised the Lord. And then one of the nights of our performance, I can't remember which night, but it was during intermission that our phones were all exploding because a shooting had taken place outside of Cornerstone Lutheran Church. Not Cornerstone Lutheran Church, Cornerstone Church. And two college-age students had been killed in the parking lot. And it was in that moment that they all turned to me and said, can we pray? Like, do we have permission to pray? Can we do that? And so I said, okay. And I stood up and I, on the spot, just prayed for those people, prayed for that situation. Um, and everyone there paused and prayed with me. It was in that moment that the kingdom of God came near. And I wasn't even prepared for it, yet somehow he came in that moment. And the next day, I remember someone specifically coming up and giving me a hug and saying how much they appreciated it. And I knew it was someone who did not have a faith. So I tell you this story to tell you that the kingdom of God is at work already around you. How are you going to participate in it? What are you seeking around you? What is God up to? What are you hearing from God? And who is God putting in your path? And next week, Pastor Andrew will go into more details about that. But today I want to leave you um, with one focus on one of the most important places where you can join Jesus on his mission, and that is in our home. Right in our home. Discipleship in the home. As a parent... Um, one of the places where I have the most opportunities to seek what God is doing and participate in his mission is in my home, with my husband, with my children. And this is because when it comes to raising children and parenting children, we are ultimately discipling our children to know Jesus, to know their identity in Jesus Christ and live that out daily. And God invites us to daily join him in his mission of imitating Christ for those who are in our home. And so, right now, I want you to say this with me after I say it. It says, how I live my life equals how I disciple my child. Will you say that with me? How I live my life equals how I disciple my child. And a lot of times, we think that um, 
going to church, participating in the programs, equals heaven, equals the Christian life. And we're missing out on so much more because the problem is that discipling our children to know the Lord is so much more than just that. There are good things that happen here at church. There are good things that happen in programs. That's why we offer them. But the best place to seek Jesus and join him on his mission is in our home. And so I want to share this statistic with you, is that um, children spend approximately 40 hours per year in the church versus children spending approximately 3,000 plus hours a year in their home. And so there is no way that in 40 hours a year in the church that that is enough compared to the 3,000 hours that take place in the home. So where is the best place to join Jesus on his mission is in our homes, with our kids, in conversations with kids, and the church, our job is to come alongside of you and help you in those moments. And we want to do well at that so that you can best demonstrate Christ in your home. Years ago, um, I was having a conversation with some people about this earlier this week, is that years ago, the church was the place that parents came to help raise their children to become followers of Jesus. But over time, that has now shifted to the schools. And so, remember that statistic I shared with you about 65 to 70 percent of students leaving the faith by their freshman year of college? This means that we can't just rely on the church and we can't just rely on the schools to raise our kids to be followers of Jesus. That comes to us, and we have to begin shifting that, this paradigm shift in our culture and in our churches. And so, the school is always going to be there involved in our kids' lives. And the church is certainly, we are certainly going to be here for you, but we want to help you join Jesus as a family in your homes. So I want to give you four practical tips today to get started doing this in your home, because we must admit we fall short in this, and we can't go back and change how it started, but we can start where we are and change the ending. And so the first one is to teach. Teach Jesus in your homes. Teach Jesus's identity to children in your homes. I invite you to get a Bible that is fitting for your kid's age and sit and read with them at night about it. Andrew, he grew up that every single meal, evening meal, they would pull out the Bible and read from it together. And I would also encourage you to do studies yourself. One of my favorite things is to purchase studies of my own and do them on my own. I just went through this chosen study series, and it's, it's so helpful in coming to know the Lord personally, and now I feel like I can minister that to my children. Next is to show them. Show them by living it out in your home. What, because what they see is what they will be. So I ask you, how are you living out your faith in your home? And is that what you want your children to grow up and imitate? Do they hear you talk about Jesus? Do you stop and pray with your children? Do you read at the table or before bed or when difficult conversations come up, maybe from school um, or sports? Do you invite the Lord into those conversations? Next would be to send them, to send your kids out and invite them to live like Jesus in their everyday lives, to practice what they are learning here at church and in the home. 
right where they are at in their classrooms or right where they are at in their sports. And then lastly would be to come back together and share stories. That's what Jesus did with his disciples in this passage today. He sent them out, he taught them, he sent them out, and then they came back and they shared what happened. So one of the best places to do that is at the meal, at a meal, the dinner table, maybe going on a walk or a drive, maybe before bed, sharing stories like, tell me about your joy for the day. Tell me about what wasn't so great about your day. And tell me where you saw Jesus today. And reading the Bible and praying together. One of the ways that I like to invite the Lord into our home is when my kids are sick or scared, especially in the middle of the night, is I invite them to pray with me. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would come and bring peace or bring healing in those moments. And it's really fun being able to hear my kids at night. We just talk about all sorts of random things. Like, I don't remember what Sammy talked about last night, but something about God and I don't know. I can't remember. But just randomly conversations will come up now about God in our household. So, I want to leave you with this. Remember that you are loved by Jesus. Remember that he died for you. Remember that he calls you by name, that you have a purpose here on earth, right where you are planted. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, this is such a difficult message sometimes to hear, and it's even difficult for me to give. But Lord, I know it is the truth that you long for all of us in every moment of our day to turn to you and and invite you into every moment of our day. So I pray, Lord, that you would give us all eyes to see and ears to hear where you are at work around us, in our homes, in our schools, in our work, in the community. And would we tune our ears to your Holy Spirit and take steps of faith, take steps of hope to speak out the love of Christ wherever we are at. In Jesus' name.